The nursing industry is one of the fastest growing career forces in the world today. There are so many issues in the healthcare field these days relating to nurses that simply are not discussed in the media. Welcome to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with Leanne Meyer. Our program will help you with the most relevant information if you're in the nursing field or are planning to enter the industry. Now, here is your host, Leanne Meyer. Welcome to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. I am Leanne Meyer. I am your host today. Our show today is sponsored by Carol Lunsford of Holly Blue Nurse Community App, which is for and about nurses. You will find on the app resumes, uh, resume tools to help you stay organized, professional opportunities, community support, peer support, nurses as lifeblood of healthcare self-empowerment, and even a self-care app. Their motto is hollyblue.com, a community where nurses thrive. I love it. October is Mental Health Month, and so I'm focusing this month on topics on various aspects of mental health. And I feel that this is a critical time in our history to be dealing with bullying. We all know a bully And many, if not most of us, have been bullied ourselves. Many times our frustration with that bully makes us want to focus on their behavior. The reality is that we have no control over their behavior. The good news is that we do have control over our own. And that is what we want to focus on today. Most of us are familiar with the concept of being codependent or an enabler of bad behavior, but has it ever occurred to you that the same is true of bullies we encounter? So my guest today is Judith Carmody. She's joining us from Ireland, and she's an expert on the subject and a veteran Mm -hmm. speaker, author, Mm -hmm. and cheerleader for helping those of us uh, with bullies by being uh, a co-bully no more, which is the name of a book that she is currently updating. Her life's work has been to help support and train bullied individuals to take charge of our own lives and by learning to change the self-talk and behavior that encourages bullies. Two of her books are featured on my host page on Voice America. So if you're listening to this on a different podcast um, uh, base, uh, try checking at voiceamerica.com, health and wellness, and then go to my page, uh, Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. So I want to thank um, Judith Carmody for joining us today. And our topic today is going to be Outgrow the Bully. So, um, Judy, can you share with us a little bit about yourself, your a brief bio, and then how did you come to be an authority on bullying? Okay, well, firstly, um, thank you. I want to thank you so much for um, inviting me onto your show, um, a very important show for nurses and healthcare providers to take care of themselves first in a very demanding environment on your show Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse and also it's a very important week this week because it's Workplace Bullying Awareness Week so it's just yes, it's actually in the USA um, founded by Gary Neely the Institute of Bullying and um, also Linda Crockett there in Canada and I'm actually uh, representing Ireland so it's now become an international um, global event that's wonderful. Um, I am an, yeah, we need to develop um, 
that this bullying behaviour is no longer acceptable, except especially when people are working very hard, getting up early in the morning, going into workplaces that should be safe. Um, they have educated themselves. Um, so really, um, organisations, institutions must provide a safe place of work. Um, myself, I'm an international consultant with exceptional knowledge on the dynamics and context of bullying behaviour. I'm an educator, author and speaker. My books are based on my experiential knowledge and research. I'm actively engaged in bullying prevention and intervention. Um, I have given presentations um, in Louisville, Kentucky there, which was wonderful, to the Professional Women Network in 2018. I've also given presentations here in Ireland, and I actually presented a presentation on the bystander, uh, bystanders at the World Anti-Bullying Forum in Dublin in 2019. So um, I have a lot of research done on this area and I would really like to help those who don't have a voice and to know you can stop tolerating somebody else's abusive behaviour and develop life skills, best self, safe self. Yes, me too. Let's do that. So <clears throat> I know you talked about uh, caregiving, the caregiver. Um, you had uh, mentioned a paragraph that you wanted to share with us. Do you want to read that? Okay, yeah, um, just bear with me one second now. Um, yeah, um, the caretaker, um, a co-bully, which is a passive communicator. Like myself, I was an excellent communicator in all environments, and on the only environment that I couldn't communicate in was a dysfunctional, toxic, aggressive, demeaning environment. I had absolutely no skills whatsoever. Mm. So this is where I'm coming. You can be, because sometimes when a bully isolates you and demeans you, you, you feel or you think that you, you actually can't communicate at all, but it's only in, and it's very important to know this, it's only in aggressive, demeaning environments that you can't communicate. And sometimes caregivers, um, their whole role is caring for others and sometimes they forget their own care. So and I'd like to mention here that my own mother was a nurse and she was a beautiful human being that only her whole, her whole being was to care for others and she was very strong for other people. But now that I look back, really, she didn't have cares to self, skills to self-care um, mm-hmm. because her role was in caring for others and this is why it's kind of poignant for me to read this today. It's the caretaker and it's taken from, it's taken from my book, Cobbley More. The care, I'll just read a paragraph. The caretaker will always want to be there for others, will want to express to everyone, I am reliable. I will help you if you are ever in trouble. As the song goes, when you need a helping hand, I'll be there. I will carry you in times of trouble. People who are caretakers look outward with the intention of seeking and caring for others. Caretakers never ask for care and usually have little understanding of self-care. The taker has a way of isolating the caretaker who will supply their needs. The caretaker is so taken up with takers they have little time for emotional, healthy people. Nervous breakdowns, panic attacks, tiredness, burnout are all common illnesses. 
the caretaker's self-worth lies in their caring role. No is not a word the caretaker can say to people who ask for help. The caretaker usually learned this behaviour from one of their primary caregivers and has been conditioned to believe that the needs of others are more important than their own self-care. So there is more on that, but that's just yeah, that is so true. That is so true, and it's true for me, and I certainly know a lot of nurses who would say the same thing. And if we're not aware of that, it seems like our natural tendency is to go along with that, to find somebody who's needy and then latch onto them and try and um, you fix them. That's the kind of thing I think about a lot of times is I'm very adaptable. I, I can come up with great ideas. I you know, can change the world if they would just listen to me. And so I, I go a long time past um, what is probably healthy for either of us uh, in trying to, to caretake that person so I'm really glad that you started with that and then where do we go from there once we've uh, realized that we are that type of person how how does that impact a bully so if we are that type of person and then we interact with the bully what happens then okay well there's caring and being cared for are two different separate um, entities a co-bully believes it is best to be respectful to people but doesn't understand that not everybody will respect will be respectful to them in return. It is important to know the difference and not get emotionally involved with abusive people. Respect those who respect you. When you care for someone, it doesn't mean you give up on your own life and needs. And I think, again, my work is so important because, yes, you can care for people that need care, but there are a lot of people especially the bully, who is there because of your caring nature to take advantage mm-hmm. of that. And they're adults. They are well able to take care of themselves, but use your empathy, use your kindness, use your resources, use your talents to exploit and pr- steal your talents. You know, so it mm-hmm. is to know the difference. Yes, we can care for people who need care, but to know the difference, there are people who don't need care, but who are there to exploit your kindness. So, <clears throat> for those of us who think that's normal uh, kind of interaction, um, how would we maybe notice within ourselves that, yet again, we've gotten ourselves into an unhealthy situation? <clears throat> Is there something we should be um, paying attention to within ourselves or within the other person um, that could help us know, okay, I need some help? Okay. Um, I suppose we have to develop an awareness, first of all, that first of all is is to know your role in a relationship. Are you Mm -hmm. a passive communicator? Are you a carer? Are you a provider? Are you a supplier of their needs? So, again, the main thing is to recognize when somebody is a dysfunctional, a dishonest communicator. Um, Mm -hmm. So you detach you watch, you witness, and you detach from their behavior. Recognize that another person's abusive behavior has nothing to do with you. You did not cause it. And I think it sounds simple, but this is a huge step forward. Because when someone is... Or we go into relationships, into friendships, into work colleagues, and we want, we want to get on with our job, we want to work, we want to be the best we can be. 
we want to care, we want to communicate, and we believe everybody we meet is the same. But just beware, not mm-hmm. everyone you meet is good for you. So you really have to develop skills to recognize the difference. And I call it mad behavior, recognize when someone's manipulative, manipulative, aggressive, and demeaning. You will get nothing there but becoming entangled in abusive, unhealthy behavior. So you, you have to develop skills. So my mm-hmm. aim is to create awareness that you can change your mindset and develop life skills and stop tolerating dysfunctional relationships and environments. Sorry, environment. <laughs> I want to, to, in my work, I want to give the vocabulary skills to express the trauma experience, the ability to articulate the stress to a healthcare provider, the understanding to process what is happening during episodes of bullying behavior, and the vocabulary range to understand bullying, abusive, and um, dysfunction. Um, and I especially want to give a voice to those who don't have support and who are trapped you do become trapped in this abusive cycle. Mm-hmm. So I want to create awareness and knowledge to assert separateness from the abuse and the abusers and develop life skills, best self, safe self, to embrace a life of thriving instead of forming a pattern of getting entangled, being coercively controlled, manipulated and surviving in fear. Yeah. Is there, um, maybe we could use a specific example and I'm thinking one of the ways that nurses particularly get uh, into accepting or allowing billing behavior is has been in the past the relationship between doctors and nurses um, because there's such a hierarchical um, divide <clears throat> in healthcare for a very long time, and it is changing, but it seems to be changing slowly. So if a nurse is in a situation where they have a bullying Um, doctor that they're working with and oftentimes that for me it ended up being in the OR uh, when I was supporting the doctor and you get into a situation where you know you need to keep the focus positively on the patient and you get a doctor who starts uh, demeaning me it had would happen Um, what are some things that I could do in that situation um, to uh, help myself out or to uh, change the, the direction that that is going? Okay, well, first of all, again, when you start developing your life skills, you actually recognize someone who is a healthy communicator. First of all, you have to develop yourself to become a healthy communicator, not a passive communicator. You need to be assertive. And I think in this day and age, we're all entitled to say, um, I know the historic um, relationships in a lot of workplaces where there was the authoritarian, but mm-hmm. thankfully we are now looking for leadership and leaders are healthy. Uh, they inspire us. They help us create. Um, so when somebody is aggressive, whether he is the head of the top um, healthcare, you know, the hospital or mm-hmm. um, institution, um, in fact, I saw a film last night, I don't know the name, but where the judge was very aggressive and it was acceptable. This was a film about the 70s, but I'm afraid everybody in these positions today cannot project anger because it's not a healthy form of communication. And mm-hmm. those people, as well as everybody else, have to develop um, healthy life 
skills when you're communicating with other people. But the first thing I would say, it is very, very difficult when you haven't any life skills when you come across aggressive, manipulative and demeaning behavior because I've experienced it and it completely debilitated me and my only skill was to pacify and please them, which got me entangled in their behavior. Where now I would recommend to anyone is to watch, witness and detach. Their behavior has nothing to, to do with you. You're in a workplace to, to do your best and do not absorb their anger or their dysfunction. Judy, so could, you give an, could you give an example of that in your own life where um, you were getting healthier and you had done some work on yourself and recognized that the pattern of behavior you were doing was only encouraging the bully to be more aggressive? Um, so what did you do? Like explain just quickly the situation you were in, um, what the bully, you know, was when you, what you were realizing the bully was doing and then what did you do specifically, um, to turn that around? Okay. Um, it is a long process and believe me, you cannot switch a switch. I have worked yeah. on this a long time because I absorbed, I was um, a sensitive people or a co-bully or a pacifier. It's very, um, what's the word? It's very um, tuned into other people's vibes. Mm-hmm. You know, for other people don't even feel them or mm-hmm. see them. When I walked into a room... So you were intuitive, um, you could... You could intuitively yes. pick up what was going on from somebody else. But especially anger, especially mm-hmm. dysfunction, whatever way, because I suppose I was brought up in an authoritarian school where we had, we won't go in that today, but where we had, we, we, we didn't have a voice to express ourselves because that brought on a lot of anger. So we didn't know how to healthily express ourselves. But back to your mm-hmm. question, if I walked into a room and when you asked me the question, this this episode came to my mind, um, and I think this is a great little tip, um, because when you walk in, and again, because you're so sensitive to other people's anger, and that's why, in the first place, you get entangled with them, um, mm-hmm. so you you feel you have to respond, respond to them, you feel you have to interact with them, but no, you don't. So, when I walked into that room, and immediately I was just, um, we say, responding to this negative behavior, I refocused. I refocused my thoughts and I said, no, I am not getting entangled in this person's um, unhealthy behavior. I recognize it. I watch, I witness and I detach and I refocused my thoughts. So it's like a, a light switch, but this, is, this, this takes time. So I refocused and said, I'm here to do this duty um, this is how I do it. So I recognized they had a, an unhealthy way of behaving. You can't keep, when you develop these skills, you will, skills, you will see it. And you won't keep responding to them because it becomes a habit. It's all your thought process, your rechange. And I refocused and concentrated on the job I was doing. So you can actually not, eventually when you... You can not make them the center of your attention. Mm-hmm. So you refocus your attention to your work, to others. It could be, 
that one person, but it could be other 20 people in the room, but because of this mm-hmm. addiction we have or this to this one unhealthy person, so we seem to focus on them. So I refocused on the other people in the room. And, you know, it worked mm-hmm. that day. And I changed. And I forgot about um, the response to... And I didn't absorb the negativity. Mm-hmm. So did he take it out on somebody else then or kind of move on to somebody else or did it just end... It just ended because um, I didn't give an opportunity or a place um, for that person to continue to continue with that um, inappropriate mm-hmm. behavior. Uh, and usually a bully will, will behave like that when they find a place where they can, without mm-hmm. questioning freely and without punishment, mm-hmm. um, impose unacceptable uh, behavior and it, then it will become the atmosphere how will they, re- they will relate to each other so the projection of abuse is accepted so mm-hmm. it's again you weren't co- I wasn't consciously aware that I was tolerating that I was accepting right. abuse of dysfunction behavior right. because I was conditioned to do so where it's amazing now I watch, I witness, and I detach. So there isn't that little line of abuse between me and the abuser. I cut it and I refocus, mm-hmm. um, which is liberating. To be right. Honest um, you. Did you learn this on your own or how did you learn how to do, um, you talk about developing life skills and I'm thinking that's uh, recognizing that maybe the life skills that you your own personality brings you or that you learned in your home or in school or other places isn't working for you and then you have to figure out okay I need to learn some new skills I think about it um, my father was a watchmaker and he used to sit at a bench and look at a tiny tiny little watch with hundreds of pieces in it and he had all of his tools lined up along beside him and he could reach to exactly what the exact tool he needed without taking his eye off of the watch. And he would use that tool, put it back, and take the next tool. He knew exactly where all those tools were. And that's what I feel like when you're talking about life skills. I think we're all born with some skills, and then we realize that we have to develop more. We need better tools and maybe more specific tools. So is that kind of what you're talking about? With um, people um, learning? Well, the psychiatrists and the psychotherapists and the leaders in this field say by the age of three, we have developed how we're going to act, interact, and react in relationships, um, whether mm. that's in the home, um, schools, social, you know, social environment or cultural environment, and especially me being Irish, um, definitely... Um, we had an authoritarian society mm-hmm. um, at the time when I was brought up. It was very um, men were head of the house. I know it's kind of mm-hmm. weird saying it now. <laughs> Women had second mm, place. Not at all. <laughs> should be seen and not heard. Should be seen yeah. and not heard. So, and I went to uh, a school uh, where it wasn't very healthy. There was no healthy role models for communication. So. We really didn't have freedom of speech and we didn't have a healthy place to express. So I suppose I did a lot of research. I had um, great help from two very good coaches 
um, therapists to really peel back an onion and you really have to see where, you really have to see your role in a relationship and where you right. developed and how you developed. Second, then your own life and putting other people's life before you, yours. So, um, so you have to develop a self-relationship, how you relate to others, and how you permit our others to behave towards you. So mm-hmm. today there's a lot about academic intelligence, and there's really big emphasis on going to university, getting your degree, but I believe there are areas where are equally as important, where it's behavior intelligence, social intelligence, moral intelligence, emotional intelligence. We need all these to be able to be safe. We need safe skills. And I think this, if anybody gets any message from me today, is that they can develop safe skills. And I was caught up in a very aggressive, demeaning environment. I really had no life skills except pacify and please, which got me more entangled. Mm-hmm. And Judy, was there... Was there um, a point where, a tipping point where you recognized, because with all of what you were taught and all that you experienced, I, mm-hmm. I can imagine that you would go through life thinking, oh, this is just the way life is, and um, it, uh, I just have to take it. I just have to deal with it, and maybe I can you know, help that person along the way. It, was there a tipping point somewhere along the way when you said, no, I'm not going to live like this anymore? Well, yes, exactly. But I must um, just stay here as well. A lot of the environments I were in, I, I was in, were healthy. And again, I really thrived in these healthy environments and really got on very well in my job. Um, so to differentiate, and I think this will help those people that are targeted by abusers, that it is only in unhealthy environment. It's only in aggressive, manipulative. I didn't know what manipulation was. I didn't manipulate. So it's very hard to understand what it is when you don't know what it is mm-hmm. because you don't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, um, my own background, um, I was a certified public accountant with a master's degree in finance and at the pinnacle of my career, I became a target by bullying, by mobbing. And up to that time, I was very successful to the best of my ability. And I loved my job. Uh, um, working was a huge part of my identity. So I actually began to experience panic attacks because I did go to different levels of people that were there to resolve mm-hmm. the situation, but it mm-hmm. was avoided and evaded and no one addressed it. So I had mm-hmm. to question where did these people get the permission to treat me like this? Mm-hmm. Why didn't I have the skills to self-care in this toxic, aggressive environment? And why didn't that be organized? Why didn't the organization step up and resolve this mm-hmm. person attack? Because they were all well aware. Um, because they stepped from person to person. It don't you know? You can see there is a history where it, one sure. person is targeted, whether they leave or then the next person is, and it's a toxic environment. And for Mm -hmm. workers to know whether your environment is toxic, healthy, or safe, and how to have different skills, you need 
extra skills if the environment is toxic. Right. It's a safe environment. You can thrive and create and inspire. And it's a beautiful place to work. I've mm-hmm. worked in those places. That is why I do know where where the workplace where it is um, where it is um, there's a culture of wellness and safety, mm-hmm. or where there is a culture of corruption and collusion. Right. We need to take a break here, um, Judy, but I think this is a really good place to stop. And then when we come back, um, I'm hoping that we can go into this, uh, you know, a little bit more about um, why don't those people in charge step in and change things. So this is Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. I am Leanne Meyer, and we're talking today about how to outgrow the bully in your life. And I'm with Judith Carmody. She's a published author of Co-Bully No More, Unwrap the Gift of You. And she also co-authored additional books on this subject. She's an advocate of bullying prevention and developing life skills, best self, safe self, and um, and other aspects of this. So we will be going to break. We'll be back in just a couple minutes. Thank you. Your life, your health, your network. Voice America Health and Wellness. Womeninhealthcare.org, a national nonprofit, is our newest partner at Once a Nurse. It is among the most rapidly growing professional development groups for women in healthcare today. Through healthcare education, professional development, mentorship, community and a focus on self the organization empowers women with the tools needed to advance their careers they use initiatives to break down barriers within organizations and equip women with the tools needed to open a powerful force for gender parity 80 percent of the healthcare workforce is female with nurses a massive majority of that percentage but less than 20 percent of leadership is female Join womeninhealthcare.org as they help all women of all ages and all levels rise up. Use code HEALTHPROS to receive $50 off the annual membership fee and receive discounted pricing for events, free resources, webinars, and a substantial discount for our annual leadership summit on October 22, 2020. Womeninhealthcare.org to be where you want to be in the world of healthcare. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. You are listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to leannevoiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse. Welcome back, and thanks for joining us again on Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. I'm Leanne Meyer, and we are talking about how to outgrow the bully in our life. 
And I'm talking here today with Judith Carmody, and she's a published author. Her One of her books, and we're talking mostly about that, is Co-Bully No More. And she has another one called Unwrap the Gift of You. And then she has co-authored other books and is very much an advocate of um, preventing bullying and helping people to develop those life skills that um, help them to appreciate themselves and not allow people to treat them uh, in an unhealthy or inappropriate way. So um, thank you so much, Judy, for joining us. And um, as we left, we were just talking a little bit about why don't those people that are in authority, like if you're in a corporation um, and they know that they have somebody who bullies people because oftentimes that people that people in that position maybe keep leaving and they have to keep replacing the person. Uh, why don't they do something to uh, stop this bully? Um, because a lot of companies have a toxic environment from the top down. Okay. Um, they don't deal with... I worked for a large healthcare provider um, and unfortunately they didn't address there are many cases of workplace bullying, but they didn't address it. But mm-hmm. for a company that wants to have a culture of safety and wellness in the workplaces, there are things they can do to change a toxic environment. Um, it is rewarding and uplifting to work in a company that not only focuses on profit, but regards its employees' well-being as a right. fundamental right. Um, a company that provides training both for managers and employees. Um, It's very important to have an education program for bullies, targets, and bystanders. And it's it's important that they appoint qualified and designated resolution officers who investigate and resolve any reported incidents of bullying behavior. I mean, it is the 21st century, and you do go into work. (laughs) You don't Mm -hmm. expect to be... I mean, it's just unbelievable, yeah. really, when when you come out of it and you look back and you say, well, I went in to do a good day's work. So we need, we need companies to train and encourage upstanders and train their leaders to respect the dignity of each employee. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of companies have dignity of work policies, but they're only policies. So internationally mm-hmm. and globally now, there are places trying to bring in... Um, uh, uh, acts, workplace protection acts that um, employees will be safe at work. In Ireland, we have the Health and Safety um, Health and Safety Act, um, but you have to prove that your employer did not provide a safe place of work. And again, uh-huh. yeah, you see, this is very mm-hmm. hard. And when the person is usually it's, they're being targeted for a while. And, you know, this is why I'm trying to give the vocabulary skills to to develop in this area because you don't... Bullying is a word that is used over and over too much. Is it psychological mm-hmm. violence? Psychological aggression? I never heard of those words until I actually did my research. So um, we need to have companies that declare with clear intention that workplace bullying is not tolerated and those who partake in it will be addressed immediately. Companies should have core values to include a code of conduct 
code of conduct, which exhibits high human consciousness of personal care standards. And I believe if the company had the preemptive message before someone starts the workplace, and again, right. I said my work is before. A lot of us walk into these places and next year we're entangled in a toxic environment. Nobody told mm-hmm. us it was in toxic at <laughs> right. the interview. And then we go in and we have no life skills. So all these things need to be before. You know, I believe these. This, mm-hmm. when you're anybody getting their degree or education, and even in, definitely in junior education, um, we really have, and communication should be a priority on the education list. You know, it's something I've often wondered about. There was a time, I think it was about in the 80s to 90s, when the elementary schools had all kinds of different um, types of training that was incorporated into the the study and learning that the kids were doing. But they were taught how to uh, speak about their feelings and um, to ask somebody, you know, to say, you've hurt my feelings or um, uh, please stop. Uh, saying such and such that that is uh, hurts me or um, you know those kinds of things and it seems like I don't know what happened to it because those kids graduated into junior high and high school and maybe into college and it seems like it just got lost somewhere along the la- the way is that something um, that the group that you're working with is is promoting is starting in school or are you primarily, I think you yourself, you're working more with companies or with adults that are in the situation. Is that correct? Um, I suppose my work, um, a lot of it has been research mm-hmm. um, based on my experience. In it. Um, and I have put a lot of it into writing. So it's just now that I'm, yes, I have actually given presentations for for children as well as adults. And hmm. again, I suppose work comes back to it's the personal development. It's the personal mindset because not everybody tolerates bullying. Right, um, right. You know, and I'm trying to capture those people, trying to address support, give a voice to those people who don't have the skills. There are people who self-care, self-protect in aggressive demeaning environments and they wouldn't tolerate they can they wouldn't tolerate mm-hmm. abusive behavior they can assert boundaries so again i think putting everybody into the one pot um we need to differentiate between who is a passive communicator who is an aggressive communicator and who is an assertive communicator mm-hmm. and lucky those people who are assertive communicators um which I hope I am now after this development, but I was a passive communicator and it mm-hmm. really is a waste of time, energy, your resource, your talent, getting caught up, responding, reacting, trying to fix um, mm-hmm. uh, aggressive um, and manipulative um, communicators. So going back to your question, I think anyone going back to, you know, just first school, first go to school, to identify those people, those children who don't have assertive communication skills mm-hmm. and develop, and you can change anyone's mindset. So, 
Would you suggest then that like in a school as teachers or social workers or the school nurse or whoever it would be that would be noticing who are those children that are most apt to be bullied, then would you take those children aside and help them work on um, becoming more assertive or um, having a better self, um, self-esteem? And how would, you, how would you do that? I actually have created some workbooks um, which actually question um, and it, it actually helps individuals develop and think and recognize and become consciously aware of how they think, um, uh-huh. their personal values, their personal strengths, um, do they think through fear or love. So I have... Uh-huh. Um, a number of workbooks that you can walk through. Just say, if I said to you, what are your five top values of your, you know, your personal values? What are your five strengths? And then there would be a list. There is a list of um, about 20 or 30. Everybody's an individual. So it actually helps everybody walk through it themselves. And you can Mm -hmm. identify um, then we just say my biggest fear, which it was, was aggressive people. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't know anybody else could handle them. So there is a lot of, you question, um, yeah, there are exercises and there are workbooks mm-hmm. that can help a class walk through this and recognize um, everybody's ability to um, be assertive. And it is something you can change. You know, you don't have to be, Passively mm-hmm. going through life, tolerating sure. abuse, and this is where I want my work to come in to create awareness that you, unfortunately, you have been conditioned to tolerate to sure. get entangled in somebody else's abusive yeah. behavior. So, and could you share with us what what are the names of the workbooks that if somebody wanted to seek that out and do that kind of self training, um, what would what would they be looking for? Um, well, I, I think it's a work in progress. As I said, um, a lot of my work, um, um, I should, uh, it's been, it's with the editor, so I should have all this stuff um, by Christmas. Um, But it's something, um, it's their workbooks because I have experienced it and I think they make you individually think, so you have to think where you are. So, Mm -hmm. and I think Mm -hmm. it's very important in the classroom in a workshop that everybody and to tell children they're unique and different and mm-hmm. it is okay to be different and it is okay not to be the same um, so these workbooks it's really to learn to develop your own unique expression and to have the resilience that you will not tolerate somebody else's um, dysfunction um, it's to know your thought system, to educate your inner thought system, to transform your outer life, your mm-hmm. best self, yourself, your safe so, self. So these will be available probably by Christmas time, and how would they get a hold of them? Um, you can, all my, all my information, and you can uh, um, contact me on my website, which is www.judithcarmody.com. And Carmody is spelled C-A-R-M-O-D-Y? Yeah. Okay. 
Great. So you have a website then that they could go to. Um, that's fantastic because I'm sure that's going to be the thing that people will want. They'll, you know, through what you're saying, they're going to recognize, oh, yeah, this is this is definitely something I am struggling with. And sometimes I think people are afraid to speak it to somebody else and say, I need help. So like to go to their manager, or go to, you know, somebody up the line. It's scary to do that. And Maybe they feel like um, everybody else knows this. There's something wrong with me that I don't know this. Um, so having a place they could buy a book and go through a workbook might be something that would be uh, a great uh, benefit for them. Yes, exactly. And you just hit the nail on the head. If they were able to express themselves, if I was able to express myself, um, if I was able to recognize that I couldn't express myself in an aggressive environment. So, yes, my my work really um, emphasizes the language range, like what is a bully, who is the target, what is psychological violence, what is aggress- aggression, what is aggressive, all these words, predator, groomer. We need to know these because it is a hostile, sometimes aggressive environment. Um, so, yes, I think there is a need and definitely my work introduces this language, this information, so you can develop awareness. And you have to have, yeah, as you said, how can you go to your boss? I'm being bullied. But if you went and said, well, um, I was demeaned, um, I was ostracized, I was eliminated from the group, you know, there is a whole dynamics to bullying behavior. Bullying is just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, I was just looking at actually the first chapter in your book, um, Co-Bully No More, and um, it's talking about a healthy relationship and what is a healthy relationship. And you have mentioned this a little bit, but it says from the moment of birth, you are forming relationships a self-relationship, close relationships, and relationships with others. Your close relationships are with mothers, fathers, prime uh, caregivers, siblings, extended family, and other relationships with the community, the culture, or society. Um, Your family of origins pattern of communication, which usually consists of parents and prime caregivers, will give you, uh, well, Uh, will have a major impact on how you learn to communicate. And it says um, that how you act, interact, and react with people determines whether you flourish with supportive, healthy people or struggle to survive in relationships that are unsafe, unsupportive, neglectful, and abusive. Um, And this one really got me. You say, we unconsciously impart to other people how to treat us. So I was thinking about, you know, the you walk into the room and there's, say, seven or eight people in there and the bully, you know, say, focuses on me and decides that they're going to attack or say the derogatory things to me. And I would often wonder, why me? Why of all these people in this room are they coming mm-hmm. to me? Um, I I love that question because that is exactly what happens is it's like codependency. 
it's like unconscious behavior. So um, I'm just going to, um, I just, uh, um, just one sec now. Um, if, if when this happens, when you walk into a room and they, this person starts demeaning you, if you don't express at that moment that this behavior is unacceptable and it infringes on your safety and well-being, then the bully has an unspoken agreement between the two of you that they have found a place where they can, without questioning freely and without punishment, impose unacceptable behavior. Um, mm-hmm. It will become the atmosphere you relate to each other. So... I can give a little bit of an example of this. Yeah. I can give just a little example. I'm one of those people I visualize things. So I was thinking about a situation uh, where I had an obstetrician when I was working as an obstetric nurse. And this guy was mean and nasty to everybody, including his patients. And he was brilliant. He was absolutely brilliant. He was probably the best uh, knowledgeable and um, experienced obstetrician that we had. But he was just nasty to pretty much everybody. And so I had a situation where um, I had a patient that came in and there was just something about her. And you talk about intuition. My nurse's intuition, my female intuition told me that something was going to go wrong with this baby. Even though there was nothing on the monitor, there was absolutely nothing in her vital signs, anything in her history that would have led me to think that. But um, somewhere during the, in the, of course, I work nights, so 11 to 7 in the morning. And I, I called the doctor somewhere along the line just to warn him that I had his patient and that I was concerned. And he started yelling at me over the phone. I mean, I had to put my arm out with the phone out away from my ear because he was yelling that loud. And and then he kept calling me back and, and pulling me out of the patient room and yelling at me some more. So what I finally realized was that if I um, allowed that behavior, it was just going to continue. So when he finally, and what ended up happening is the baby did crash um, while I was talking with him again. And I said, I'm sorry, doctor, the baby is crashing. I need to go. And fortunately, I had called another doctor, the um neonatologist to come in and he was just coming off the elevator as this was happening so we had a successful outcome the baby was delivered fine this doctor came in and he was still screaming when he came in the door and um, unbeknownst to me he took all of the um, the um, strips from the um, uh, the a fetal monitor machine and took them with him which is actually stealing you're not allowed to do that um, but he took them out with him, and then he came back a couple days later with them, and he pulled me aside, and he said, I don't know how you did this. There is nothing. I mean, I've gone over this with a fine-tooth comb. I've talked to other obstetricians. Nobody can find anything that indicates that baby was going to crash, and he suddenly had a different um, opinion about me because I had... <clears throat> called him and had the, the courage to just let him yell at me for those few times, um, my plan was that if and when he came in, I was going to pull him aside and say, you're not allowed to talk to me like that. And so I already had that in my mind, but that was the first time I'd ever really stood up to a real bully. And um, And what I realized was that 
instead of being more angry with me, he actually was pleased and, um, uh, and, and gave me more respect. So we're actually coming to a point where we're coming toward the end of the show here. And so I wanted to just offer you an opportunity if there's one thing that you really want healthcare providers out there to, to remember from what you're saying, what would that be? What do you think is the thing that would most help people who are in the situation? And okay. just take a minute or so to... Uh, okay. Any relationship is a two-way connection of, should be of healthy communication. Again, I'm repeating myself, but I said watch, witness, and detach. And like you watched, witness, and you detached from that aggressor, and you imparted onto him that you are not going to accept or tolerate dysfunctional, aggressive behavior. And one last thing, which I kind of maybe not distress, but I stress it now, do not respond emotionally. Sometimes you have to take your emotions out and see what's practically happening. Like if you walk down the street and you saw an aggressor, you would say, oh my God, practically this person is very dysfunctional and I'm afraid of this person. I will not interact with them. So why mm-hmm. do you change in-house <coughs> policies in place, domestic? You must, when you're, when you're actually really afraid or you, you may to think about the situation that, you know, it's frightening, you take your emotions out and look at it practically and say, this person is acting unsafe, aggressive, there's manipulation, and I must assert my sacredness, and I will only respond and interact with healthy um, mm-hmm. communication. And most people are yeah. going to need some help to learn how to do that, right? Yeah, it takes a while, but believe you me, it's worth it in the end. Oh, um, I absolutely I agree. I absolutely yeah. agree myself. So, yeah, so uh, again, um, thank you so much, Judith, for joining us today. Um, I do wanted to put out there to anybody listening that I am uh, wanting to talk to people that have had this problem, whether it's doctors, nurses, anywhere around the world. If you're actively involved in dealing with bullying, uh, please contact me today at leanne at onceanurse.com. Um, could people contact you, Judy, if they had yeah. questions for yeah. you? Yeah. And how would yeah, they do that? Yeah. Um, anybody can contact me through my website. Say the website um, again. Um, com. And yes, I want to give a voice, support, and awareness to anyone who's entangled in aggressive, manipulative behavior. You can change your mindset and develop life skills to thrive instead of surviving in fear. That's wonderful. I um, was thinking that I would just uh, take us out here with a quote, and this is from uh, one of my favorite poets, in fact, my most favorite poet. Um, His name is Daisaku Ikeda. He's a Japanese uh, peacemaker. He's 93 years old now. He spent his entire life trying to create peace between people, between countries, and every other possible way. And he said, uh, intellect will play a very important role in the coming age. By intellect, I mean refined wisdom, clear reasoning, profound philosophy, and broad-ranging knowledge. We are entering an age when people will develop their intelligence and wisdom, infusing society with their new outlook. 
And that is what I am praying for right now is that more and more people will come to this realization and find that a healthy environment is a much happier place to be and work and people are much more productive and creative in such an environment. So again, thank you, Judith, for joining me today. And um, thank you all for tuning in. This has been Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, Exploring the World of Nursing. I'm Leanne Meyer, and I, I hope that you will have a great week and come back and join us again on Monday. Thank you for listening to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with your host, Leanne Meyer. Be sure to join us again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a productive and insightful week.